All right, guys. Well, it's super nice um, that I've got Joe and Austin with HomeSmart here today. Um, I'd love to let them introduce themselves to you. So, Joe, we'll start with you, man. Give us a little short introduction of who you are and, uh, you know, what do you do for a living? <laughs> Perfect. Well, first off, I appreciate you even inviting us yeah, man. Um, to be part of this podcast. We're way excited about it. Um, obviously, I'm a realtor with HomeSmart Premier Realty. Um, I've been doing this for, I believe, about five years or so. And I have loved it. Uh, before that, I worked in a corporate job for Melaleuca, um, where I was a regional manager for the Western U.S., which I love that. I got to help people reach their goals there. And um, that skill set translated over really nicely to, to real estate. But beyond that, I got two kids that are 14 and 12. Um, they, too, are also for sale, um, if you're interested. But um, they are super fun and adorable and that is the shortest version of an introduction I think I could I could tell you without <laughs> but knowing it, what else you want to know. We know who you are now. Yeah. <laughs> so good to All right, Mr. Austin, uh, tell us about yourself, man. Tell us oh, how you got man, into dentistry. Uh, my name is Austin Clark. I'm a real estate agent with HomeSmart Premier Realty as well. Um, I th- I've been in the business going on, it'll be eight years in April. Eight years. Eight years, yeah. I, uh, I actually used to be an iron worker and... Yeah, December of 2015, took a fall off a building. Wow, that's a change. Yeah, that ended the career there and decided why not get into real estate. So it's been a a roller coaster, but it's been a lot of fun, man. I've learned quite a bit about real estate and just just everything in general. So I can't complain. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a, it's a, I love this industry. Um, You know, I've been in mortgages for going on my third year. Um, We got in late in 2019. This has been my third year. And in 2022, to me, honestly felt like the first year, um, just because of everything that changed with the market. Uh, you know, I have I had to learn a completely different way to quote unquote sell myself, but just sell the business, sell you know what products I'm offering, and just uh, building those relationships. It wasn't it wasn't an easy freebie givey mm-hmm. that you got in that 2020 2021 era. So um, it was definitely a a good a good learning curve, but. Like I said, I've been in it for three years, but last year truly felt like a, a first year for me. So good to hear. Um, both of you, I feel like, are super high productive realtors in our area. And it's super nice to personally to hear that advice, find out ways um, anybody in the real estate industry, but just in a salesmanship um, job you know, what it is, what it takes to be this type of a realtor, what it takes to be this type of a salesman. Um, and then just give them that advice. So let's start with the first question and is what is it, what does it take for you to maintain that high level of consistency, um, to be a high producer as a realtor or to be a high producer, um, in any kind of, like I said, salesman, um, work. We'll start with you, Joe. What, what, what does it do for you, bud? Um, well, I don't know if there's a, a silver bullet or golden answer to this, but something that Austin and I both share is we both wrestled in high school. Nice. And one thing that wrestling taught me was that you're on your own. So you either win or you lose all on your own. So if you win, there's no participation trophy. There's not. You <laughs> only you only win or you only lose really, and uh, you only win or lose on your own. And so um, sometimes that can be really defeating in a sales job because you only get paid when you quote unquote win. And so I think the only way to maintain really any level of consistency at all is setting yourself up to win every day. Now that doesn't mean that you can close a house every day or in your case, close a loan every day, which is really the finish line, right? That's when we get paid. That's when we can really celebrate. But 
um, setting yourself up in a position where you can literally win every day um, by focusing on the activity versus the result. And so if every day my goal is, hey, I want to contact 10 people, I want to develop a new relationship, I want to show X many houses, whenever you take complete control of victory for yourself, it allows you to win more. And if you're winning more, then you're going to get discouraged less. And if you're discouraged less, then you can absolutely celebrate more. And then it's fun to be productive. It's fun right, to, it's be, mindset, to yeah. be honest. I mean, you, 100%. I think you become more productive, the better mindset you have. So like you said, if you're celebrating those um, task wins and using that as a motivational tool to continue your progress or progress, your progression of the success that you're having. It keeps you focused mentally and yep. keeps you uh, just energized to do more, right? Absolutely, and so, it also removes blame from anywhere else. So yeah, we, you can't blame any, anybody else or anything else. If you can't complete your task, you know where to blame falls. Exactly. This is so, good, good, good concept. Austin, yeah. anything to add? Honestly, just like Joe said, you know, winning your day. Um, I do something every day and it's just, you go ahead and, and stack your wins, yeah. you know? Uh, start off person with personal stuff, you know, making the bed, waking up, making the bed, everything like that. You know, start off those small wins, and they just progress over the, throughout the day. Yeah, you know, um, setting those small goals, and then you know, sooner or later, you're going to go ahead and, and be accomplishing exactly what you wanted to go ahead and do. Um, but yeah, the the wrestling mindset. I mean, that's kind of I what didn't we do. I wasn't a wrestler. <laughs> I played golf, which never it didn't benefit <laughs> me at all, but it got me out of school. Um, so I played golf dabbled a little bit into soccer but yeah that that's more team focused i guess in a way but you still feel mm-hmm. the need to succeed and you know I, I still feel like there's a way even in a team atmosphere there's a weight on your shoulders that if you don't do your part you know it's going to cause that team to fall yeah. um yes in sales it's more self-driven um the success comes from self-driven but i think like these guys both of these guys share an office together they're not they're not on a, a real estate team together but they share an office together and even when I walked in, Joe said something to you, Austin. It was like, hey, let's do this. Make sure you get this on social media. It's, it's just a good champion um, relationship that I think that we all need. Mm-hmm. But it also gives you that self-drive, that self-driven aspect of what it takes to win. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think that's a good a good starting point. So I didn't ask you this, but I mean, I kind of want to keep it a little bit more candid than, than going straight into questions. But how's life? How's, how's life going, Joe? Life's good. Man. Honestly, um, I think... Professionally and personally, there's always ups and downs in your life yeah. where you can either use those as you know springboards for success or they can be the weight that drags you down. And so it kind of goes back to that mindset as well as you can easily hold on to your hurt, whether it's professional or personal, um, or you can find reasons to celebrate your life. And so overall, my life's honestly probably better than it ever has been. Good for you, buddy. Good for you. We're living in, a, in the Idaho winter can sometimes bring people <laughs> down. So hearing that is good, good yeah. to hear. Austin, how's life, buddy? Oh, man, I love answering this question. Yeah. Dude, life is phenomenal right now. I awesome. can't I have nothing to go ahead and complain about. Um, I mean, heck, last year, uh, leading into last year, this time last year, I was I was at a loss. Uh, 2022 was a horrible year for me in real estate. Yeah. I mean, you know, the end of 2022 was, or 2023 was rough for me, so I get it. I yeah. understand this. I mean, 2022, business was bad. Personal life was bad. Everything yeah. just went to shit can i swear on here you're good okay Do-de-do. cool all right <laughs> <laughs> i just gotta put an e beside it now but it's okay i'll take okay. it my bad i apologize <laughs> well, it's, it's there now <laughs> i mean this is who i am so um but i mean then leading into 2023 you know i i just decided i'm gonna go ahead and, and change my life i'm gonna do it in a year 
figure it out and just go through the grind. Um, me and Joe, I mean, we were, we were colleagues, you know, you know, we talked here and there, but I, I can honestly say we probably did never hang out outside the office until I would say about March of last year, 2023. Yeah. 2023. And, uh, you know, having your, your, one of your best friends, you know, not only that you're working with, but then also hanging out with outside the brokerage and just getting out and, and finding that freedom. I mean, it's, it, it was a blast. I'll so. tell you, you guys made me jealous last year. Some of these posts that you put on the hiking trips and yeah. just adventures you guys had gone on. I mean, I'm like, hiking Mount Bora, floating yeah. down, uh, warm big springs. Yeah. You know, um, we did two floats, didn't we? We did a couple floats. Yeah. But I mean, I think our, mo- I, my favorite one, honestly, was, uh, what was that lake we were supposed to go down to down by Bear Lake? Do you remember the oh, name Oh, Bloomington of Lake. That was yeah. closed. Yeah. We were supposed to go down to there. And I mean, we'd woken up, I think it was five o'clock in the morning. You'd be ready to go. Yeah. Had a, had everybody with us. And, uh, you know. I think we liked it because we weren't in the, the back seat with the three other guys. That is That was a little true, snug yeah. for them back there. But I mean, it, it was funny because like we always kind of did a little bit of research on those trips to kind of make sure where we were going was correct. And. We ended up in Paris, Idaho, of all places. Yeah. It had this uh, cathedral? Tabernacle. Tabernacle, thank you. Uh, wicked cool tabernacle. And we walked in this gas station, this this old guy. It was by this time probably 6 o'clock in the morning. And he's, he's like, what are you guys doing in here from town? I was like, well, we're going up to this lake. And he's like, yeah, the road's closed. You ain't getting there. You ain't getting there. Uh. And I was like, okay, cool. I mean, one thing I've learned in life is if an old timer tells you something, you need to believe it. <laughs> That's okay? the truth. Yep. But Joe, he's, he's very technology based and he's like, no, no, no. It's like, said, Google says, Google it's says it's open. <laughs> and so we took a drive up the road. I had faith. And sure enough, road's closed. It's been washed out. And we're like, crap, well that just ruined our entire plan. So now what do we do? We ended up going over to Bear Lake. We were going to go paddle boarding there, but it was too cold. Yeah. Way too cold. And then we ended up uh, driving back through Paris, I was like, "Hey, this sound, this looks familiar." And we ended up stopping at the the Tabernacle, and uh, ended up taking a tour. Of that that thing was awesome. Just the history behind it. That's and, pretty cool. Uh, I mean, that was that was. That did was a lot of fun. Did you go, you went to Palisades too this past year, didn't you? I can't remember if you did or didn't. Um, I did. You yeah, did. You did. Yeah, yeah. I did. With with the so you got a with dog, dog this past year, didn't you? Yeah, he's TikTok famous. He is yeah. at uh, at Realtor Joe two hundred eight. Feel free to see him. Yeah. So it's funny because you picked him up from the pound, right? Or not the pound? I guess it's like this. Yeah, I was, I was peer pressured by Austin. Yeah, I, was, I, saw that. I was hoping you were going to give me credit on that. Always, you always give credit. So. um so earlier in the year, I was kind of still going through some stuff. And, yeah. Um, I got a I got a cat, which cat. I'm not a bad about. Dude, I um, forget about that cat. Yeah, me too. But um, but Austin was worried about me mentally needing something to be more excited about. So we saw this dog at the animal shelter, and um, we went at the Snake River animal What's the shelter. Dog? What do you What do you name? His name is Dexter. Dexter. Um, and he's the best and the worst. And so he uh, <laughs> so then. Then we went to the animal shelter. I walked him, and he's basically me in dog form. Nice. Just excited and anxious all the time. So, <laughs> and so wanting so, to do something. And wanting to do something. <laughs> so um, that was his first real adventure was me and him taking him to yeah. Palisades. And the, That's good, man. I mean, you've given that dog a life that probably didn't, didn't know that it could have. And I don't know that... I don't know that any of us know what the mindset of a dog is, but I feel like when you have an owner such as Joe and Dexter, I think he is living living his best life, um, you know, through the activities that you give him. So that's awesome. Yeah. How did it do for you? Make you feel better? 
Give you good look um, for, for the most part, my house is really clean because he will literally eat anything yeah, left out. So like everything, house is always really clean, which is great. Yeah. But um, but he's a good guy. I got him like trained. The shelter has a really great program. Oh, that's good. Um, there. That, what, what shelter did you go to? Um, this one was Snake River Animal Shelter. Okay. Um, for him, and I forget what the dog training. It's like a separate business, but it's done out of there. Okay. Uh, um, canine. Canine Academy. Thank you. Well, yeah, Canine Academy. It was actually kind of nice. They brought a. Um, I do a lot with the shelter. Every time we buy or sell a home, we sponsor a dog um, to also get get adopted. Um, is this is this one. post you getting Dexter? No, I, I've done that for years. Okay, cool. Um, and it's it's kind of fun. And um, so they in this shelter they invited Austin and I to um, this little fundraiser type thing, and um, they brought Dexter to like showcase his training because before I got him. Um, he couldn't be on a leash. He's he was, a, is he a lab? Yeah, he's a lab. Yeah, so that's and so he's a purebred lab. Someone yeah. spent a ton of money, and they're just like he's oh, he's dude. awful. You can't handle him, and they dropped him off at the shelter. Well, the, a lab puppy labs are they're, they're a hard. lot. Yeah, they're he's a lot. lot, but they're smart dogs and loyal mm-hmm. dogs. So. Yep. So now he can go anywhere with me off leash and just follows me, and he's just a good boy. And that was just showcased at that uh, yeah, at the, the fundraiser or whatever yeah. they did. So this they would try to have him do a trick and he would just like try to find me the whole time. Nice. So I was just like, that's my boy. That's mine. But go get out of here. <laughs> but he's a good boy. Austin, you got a you got a lab too, don't you? I got two, yeah. Two labs. Two labs. Uh like a Jasper and Axel. Uh Jasper's been with me from I mean, he's eight years old. He's seen some shit. Yeah. He's seen a lot of a lot of different yeah, things. I think I mean, I love dogs. I don't have one at the house now. I have had them. Um and um I went through um, just a life-changing event in 17 or 18. Um, and through that time, that was, I love people. I love talking to people. But that dog, that dog was my companion to tell anything I needed to tell that was going on in the world. So um, completely understand. I think it's a great companion to have. I, but I also don't, I also like not having a dog now. Because <laughs> I don't have to say, yeah. hey, Joe, come over and, and let, let my dog out while I go, uh, while I'm going to be gone for the weekend. So, But if you have a dog such as Dexter, I guess bringing him with you is super, super easy. He's a good boy. Yep. Yeah. So switching gears. So we know Dexter is probably what made you successful last year. Obviously. Uh, yeah. So um, you did what, over 60 deals last I year? I did. Yeah. So what, what did it take? Um, what, what's some knowledge you can pass it off to <sighs> someone that's looking into getting real estate or just getting in and they want to be su- successful? Um, well, I think that's kind of a two part question. I think, I think I would definitely give different advice for anyone getting into the real estate business. I think that could be a whole conversation on its own, but I think, um, the idea of producing a lot, I think is all completely relative. So I think anyone who has the desire to produce a lot, um, I'm always remembered of one of my favorite professional mentor quotes. Um, his name is McKay Christensen, and he told me once that if you can't describe what you're doing in the form of a process, you don't know what you're doing. Oh, I like that. And so, so many times I will chat with agents, I will meet with agents, and they will tell me what they have going on, and they have one or two deals, and they're talking about how much time each deal is taking them. They're like, I'm stressing about this, I'm stressing about this. And in my mind, all I want to tell them is like, you just do the part that you need to do and then move on. And so if you compartmentalize each step, you don't have to think about it all day. Like you don't, it doesn't have to take all day to write an offer. It doesn't have to take all day to do one part of your job. In all reality, you just do the job and move on to the next job. And when you go back to those tasks, it doesn't take up a lot of time, which allows you to perform higher and produce more if you're not spending a whole day 
focused on one mental thing. Yeah. Um, the other, the other quote that I love, I'm sure people have heard it before is, is eat your frog or eat the frog. Eat the and, frog. Yep. And my, my advice there is if your job is to eat two frogs, you just eat the big frog first. And so you do the hardest things first and then you free up your time to do the others. Um, I think the other key for producing at like, I, I don't, I don't want to say producing at a high level, but like producing more than you are right now. Yeah. Um, I think the best way to do that is you got to look at what you're doing and what's working and then stop the stuff that's not working. Like so many times people try to reinforce failure. Goodness gracious. You got to just, you got to let stuff go and focus on what you're good at. Some people, they want to be like, Oh, I'm not good at social media. So I want to start getting really good at social media. Like you're not good at it. That's okay. Find something you're good at and do that. Build from there. Yep. Focus I mean, on there's nothing strengths. wrong with adding social media, but sure. it's the 80, 20 rule in my opinion. Like, mm-hmm. so you, you know, a lot of people will, the, the work that they do a lot of the times, only 20% of it gains them 80% of their actual, their leads or their, their uh, production. So realizing, um, and focusing on that 20% heavily and saying, okay, I want to switch this. I want to change this 180 degrees. I want to put that 20% as 80% of my time in the day mm-hmm. because it's going to gain me the most. There's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with still keeping those small things. Social media may be that case for some people, but let it be an uh, an add-on when you have time. Don't don't let it be your your lead gen. I th- can I add on to that? Yeah, please. I think another another quote that I really like is um, if you treat real estate like a hobby, it's going to pay you like a hobby. Mm-hmm. And if you treat real estate like a business, it's going to treat pay you like a business. Yeah, and that so, and that's that's for that's my business. That's, yeah, for lending it. or yeah, and sales just in general. If if you at the curbs, my last episode, that that was kind of the conversation that, they, that he brought up. He was like, I wanted this business more than anything else in my life. And I knew if I didn't give it 100%, I wasn't going to succeed. There's a difference between even giving 90% and 100% as a, as a business owner like ourselves. I mean, we technically you own your mm-hmm. own business. Um, but there's there's a different level of um, success that comes from someone that's only doing 90% of their, of their ability to someone doing 100%. It's tenfold better. So, yeah, completely agree with that, Joe. Austin, what do you have? I mean, what's something that was game-changing for you? You said it was a great year um, for you. What was something that you changed in 2023 to allow you to have that that good year? Uh, honestly, dude, I changed it all. Yeah. I, I went back to the drawing board. Um, I looked at everything that I was doing over the years. I mean, even in 2020, 21, 22, and I just I started picking everything out. And you know, you what, picked out what task you were successful what at, what tasks were working, you. what tasks weren't working, and I just focused on the tasks that were working. Yeah, um, you know, it sounds it sounds simple. It sounds like anybody can do it, but yeah. at the end of the day, you just you're so scatterbrained. <laughs> so I mean, it was it was just coming in here, being in here at a certain time. I was going to go ahead and and you know do my follow ups, do my calls, emails, um, from time to time and then after that it was okay if I didn't have anything on the plate I was back to the calls I was back to touching base clients everything how often are you making calls what's what's your uh right now I get in the office at 9 a.m I'm making calls from 9 a.m to 12 gotcha so yeah I'm 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 there with you um your broker Elias Mm -hmm. he is part of an accountability group in Mm -hmm. uh, the Pocatello office that I that I go that I attend with um and he brought in something that was so super simple. I think he brought it to y'all's mastermind this past oh, week. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, the, the, shoe the box. index card, yeah, the shoe, shoe box. Yeah. It's is the simplest task. Um, I don't know what you would call it. Just your to do list, but it is so easy to achieve at. Um, and I use that for my call list, like because I want to call upwards of fifty to 
60 people a week. Um, some of them I'm touching every week. Some of them I'm only touching once a month, once a quarter. But this allows me to put those names in, in the number of that day, whatever, like say, for example, today, the 24th, uh, 25th, actually, sorry. Um, I know when I go to my box, mm-hmm. I pull that out. I'm not having to concentrate. Well, I talked to Joe two weeks ago. We talked about this. Um, you know, I, how should I script this conversation per se? Mm-hmm. It's there. I pull it out of the box. Joe's on my list today. I say, well, last week I write it down, whatever I talked to him about, just a small sentence. Last week I asked him how he was doing. He told me that he had a really tough closing coming up. When mm-hmm. I talked to Joe this, this week, this time that I talked to him, I'm like, hey, Joe, how'd that closing go, man? I know you said it was a little tough. Did you get, did it finish off? But it's rewarding um, in the sense of my conversation that I can have with a realtor or a um, someone in my sphere. But I don't have to think about it anymore. Mm-hmm. It is so simple. So if anybody's out there um, trying to find ways to make a better um, or use a, something, a tool or something that allows you to make those calls and then allows you to have those conversations, highly recommend um, reach out. We can kind of go over it, but it's just a shoebox with index cards and dates. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, it doesn't have to go ahead and be complex. It's, it's, there, this, it's a simple and probably the most, un, I mean, there's no intelligence that has to be put into this process. Everybody right now yeah. has got a CRM. Yeah. Everybody does. It's yep, their cell it's phone. phone. Yep. Uh, there's a Remax agent over in, oh, I think it's Mississippi. His name's Quintavious Burdett. Mm-hmm. His first year as an agent back when he joined the business, I think in 2019, he ended up selling over 100 properties his first year. Nice. Mm-hmm. First year. And he's done a couple podcasts and YouTube videos. I mean, you could find him just by Googling, Googling his name. But this guy, I mean, first year, 100 deals out of the, out of the, out of the gate. And uh, somebody asked him, hey, what's your CRM? Like, what do you got? And he's like, dude, I don't pay for leads. he's like, I don't pay for leads. I don't pay for advertising. He's like, my CRM is my phone. He's like, I've got, I've got four categories. First week, second week, third week, fourth week, something similar to that. And, uh, he's like, I've got a, it was, he showed it. It was a, it was a 16 by 16 picture frame and it had every day what he was going to be doing. And so it was like, okay, on Monday, I'm going to go ahead and call my, my group A A, and then group B and then I'm going to make 250 calls and then I'm going to go ahead and door knock. I mean, this guy, he got a phone call from Kroger, their local grocery store. And they're like, Hey, we want to go ahead and put your, your name on our baskets. Nice. And he's like, okay, well how much? And this is when he first got started out and they're like, well, X amount. And he's like, oh, I don't have that money, that money. And so what he did, he's like, I just decided to take it for free. And he's like, I just went to Kroger. He's like on Wednesdays, I'd give out 50 business cards. Sitting at Kroger. Yeah. Well, yeah, just walking through, he'd, he'd get a cart and he'd go ahead and start packing it full of groceries and he'd go, <laughs> he'd go, you know, up to somebody and see him picking out gro- grapes and he'd be like, oh man, you like red grapes. Well, I like, I like the purple grapes. Yeah. And he's just, and he just let it on from there. He'd that's, help, that's he'd, good. Be, he'd help people go ahead and bag the groceries and everything. Yeah. My, so. my manager, um, he's good at stuff like that. Oliver, he can go into any place of business, mm-hmm. anywhere in town. And it's like, just strike up a conversation. And I can strike up that conversation, but he could transition it into a mortgage conversation yeah. so easily. And it's a good skill to have. My favorite place to do it's Home Depot. Yeah. Dude, I, I you love You know it. someone's I, doing home repairs. I love Home Depot. <laughs> I mean, that coming from kind of the blue collar world, yeah. you know, not only was an iron, I was an iron worker, I was a welder, I did construction, built yeah. houses. Um, so, I mean, when I'm seeing somebody pick up something at a project for a project, I can you easily relate to it. And I, I want to know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, the one thing I, I lack at is, cr- uh, creativity. 
when it comes to like the designing. I can't pick out paint colors. Yeah. I can't pick out backsplash, but I can sure I can go ahead and take two pieces of wood and I can make make it something something. Yeah, Joe, where do you so, go? What, what's your what's your go to for um, introducing yourself in the public? I think it's anywhere. I think, I mean, I try to leave my card with anyone I talk to when I have a chance. Yeah. Um, I think that gives it a good opportunity. Um, I think anywhere where you can exchange contact information is good because getting in front of people is one thing, but staying, staying in front of them is another. Mm -hmm. And so I don't have a silver bullet with while I'm out and about. I think, I think it's kind of tough because like if I'm not in real estate attire, I look like a homeless person. I'm just wearing like shorts and a, a t-shirt that yeah. I probably I won from like a, yeah, from like a parade or something. I don't know. <laughs> and so, um, sometimes I personally hesitate doing that. And, but that is a great way to increase your business is just talking to everybody. So anyone that you talk to, whether it's a real estate conversation or a normal conversation, that's just increasing your 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 odds really yeah i think when when i've done door knocking i've never had any like success of someone being like hey i want a list just by like knocking on their door yet so i haven't had that happen yet um however what i know that it does do is it gets me in the habit of answering real estate questions so that way when i am to bat at a real estate experience where someone is going to choose me i have an answer and i'm ready versus maybe an agent who doesn't have real estate that's, conversations every day. That's a good one. And so that'd be my advice with anyone, no matter how you're doing it, just do it regularly. So you're in practice. Yeah. Well, speaking of that and doing it regular, regularly, that's a good word for me, but, um, what is it, what's something that you do, um, once you've obtained a client, so you've sold a house, um, for them or you've helped them through the buying side, okay. what's something that you do that, keeps that client knowing Joe Kohler or knowing Austin? Um, that's kind of one of my favorite questions. Um, and what I do is based off of another quote that I heard once is that people will never remember what you say, but they'll remember how you made them feel. And so a lot of times, like I will get a new client who's used other agents before, yeah. but they'll choose me because how I make them feel. And so I look at it instead of as a transaction, I create it as an experience. So obviously I try to do my education. I try to be professional with, you know, a really good buyer's consultation or something like that. Try to yeah. wow them or whatever with sales skills. But even though they're just like, oh, that guy might know what he's talking about. That's all that they know so far. Yeah. But then once we get them under contract, I use a lot of humor. I use a lot of jokes, try to get them to like me. Um, which is great because that's just kind of who I am. Yeah. yeah. And then um, my first kind of differential thing, differential, I don't know if that's right. The first thing that I do that I feel is unique is instead of just telling them to turn in their earnest money at the title company or instead of telling the listing that, hey, they turn in their earnest money, I go drop off um, logoed champagne glasses with cider either at their office or wherever I can. So I pick up the earnest money, make that an experience. Then they have these cider at their desk at their office and then their friends and coworkers are like, oh, like what are these for? And then it starts a conversation right there. And a lot of times that's when you start asking for referrals because when people in a friend group are making a change, it's very often that another member of that friend group will make a similar change. For instance, now I wear cowboy boots because Kelton and Austin wear cowboy boots sometimes. Mm, cool. And now, so dude. like, it's just one of those things, like when people buy a house, their friends want to buy a house. It's one of those things. So you start that. Um, another thing I did got to do yesterday was um, whenever I help someone buy or sell, I gift wrap their door. I love that. And, and I put a big bow on it and I leave stuff inside for them as a gift. Um, so I love doing that. That kind of creates like a memory. Yeah. So it's not like, oh, I bought houses and I just like it gives them something to like think about. But it also gives them something to share, gives them something to talk about. 
Um, another thing which I offer, which shockingly gets declined a lot, but I'm just like, I feel like this is a really good idea. I don't know why people don't take me up on it. Um, is I offer a welcome home photo shoot. So after they've closed on their house, instead of just doing a picture at the title company where we're all awkwardly holding a sign, which is great. And I love that. Um, I hire a professional photographer to take pictures of them at their new house outside their front and like outside the front of the house or like inside their like beautiful living room or whatever it is that they want to showcase. And then they have that memory as well that they can then reshare days, weeks, months after a transaction. Um, so I, I really like to do that as well. One of my clients did one and they had goats. And so they were like sitting on this bench and they were like holding their pet goats or something. And I was just like, that's adorable. But that's- That was Austin or no? Yeah, that was oh, Austin. Oh, yeah, Austin. <laughs> yep. He, we, we tried to get him to hold the goats, but he's, he didn't want to. But I think I think anything you can do to make yourself different. Yeah. And this goes back to the the first advice I'd give to like someone that's new is you gotta you gotta have like a three minute or two minute reason of why someone would pick you over any other agent. Your elevator pitch. Yep, your elevator yep. pitch. Like you gotta have something. And so just whatever it is that you do, just pick something to be different. Yeah. And so I try to do those types of things. And then also like holidays, drop bys, those types of things. Yeah. I always do a Christmas ornament. There's one behind you. Yeah, there's um, one in my office too. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Chocolates, cards, like just anything to because you got to still do all the regular stuff yeah. too, but then you got to do something extra. Yeah, I feel. I know I like it. Austin, do you do anything, or does is there anything that's your niche that you put into um, retaining that client, especially after you've done one deal with him? Honestly, so like kind of like what Joe said, you know, kind of doing the drop buys, uh, client appreciations, yeah, the photos, everything. I mean, that's what every agent's doing. Right. Uh, one thing you want to go ahead and do is just be authentic, be yourself. You know, who is who is Joe, who is Austin, you know, for me, it's, it's, uh, what I, what I like to do and it, it, it doesn't sound big, but it's actually gotten me pretty far is, is if I'm just driving down the road and I pass something that reminds me of a client and I know I haven't talked to them in, you know, a month, two months, I'm reaching out to them. It's a, it's, it's a spontaneous phone call. Um, it catches them off guard and they're just, when they answer, I just say, Hey, you know, Hey Ben, it's Austin. I was just uh, driving past, you know, McDonald's on 17th Street. You know, you remember that time we met there? Yeah. yeah. And it's just, hey, how's it going? What's going on? What's new in life? Yeah. And for me, it's it's I do that often enough with everybody I know. It's just it's it's not a business call. It's it's not. Hey, I'm asking you for who do you know who's buying, selling, investing in real estate. It's just being myself. Yeah, so, I think I think you hit something right there that I would love to elaborate on, but. I think a lot of people coming into um, real estate or sales, like I said, but um, they think that they've got to be salesy from the gate. I am the least salesy person me in too, the world. Me too, man. I, I'm, like, don't get me wrong. We all know that we have a job mm-hmm. and we all know we want to get a lead. We want to close a deal. Um, so at the end of the day, when I call you, Austin, or when I call Joe or whoever, mm-hmm. that's, I mean, that's what I want at the end. Yeah. But I still... I mean, I'm friends with you two specifically that just, I want to call and say, Hey man, how, how's life treating you? Um, and then if, if that takes, you know, an extra 30 days or whatever it may be to, to finally get that lead, I'd rather you give a lead to me or for example, a real estate agent, I'd rather a real estate agent get, um, a contract with someone that they've befriended and now that they can truly, um, have sometimes tough conversations with, but it's not going to ruin the deal. Right. And then it should snowball effect into just a continuous strong relationship from that point forward. Um, Joe, do you do that too? Like what's your, what's your tactic from day one? Oh, that's, that's tough because I'm absolutely salesy, but I, I feel that no one wants to be sold. People want to be helped. Mm -hmm. And I feel that 
because my mom was a teacher. Like my mom taught autistic students in high school. Like I had a lot of respect for her. my dad was great with people. He actually worked for the CIA. And so he had a lot of like people skills and then combined with my mom's ability to like teach and educate, I was able to see that you can, you can influence people to make a decision through education versus sales tactics. Yeah. And so, um, the way I like to look at it, if I'm trying to approach someone, I don't want, um, this is tough because I feel like I have really good friends who have become really good friends through professional relationships. Okay. And so I often will start with the business. Like for instance, like a, a simple, simple response to this would be if I was doing a social media reach out to mm -hmm. someone who I haven't talked to in a while, I would reach out to them and be like, Hey, I know it's a little random having me reach out to you, but I have a quick business question for you. And they're like, okay. Or I say, do you have 30 seconds for a quick business question? And they'll either say yes or no. And if they say yes, then I just ask them whatever business question, like, hey, who do you know that's looking to buy, sell, or invest right, in real right. estate? Or, hey, I'm doing my yearly planning and I have some real estate goals. Do you have any real estate goals maybe I could interview to help you with? And so I get it out there so they know, hey, I would love to do business with them. But then at that point, if they say no, then I don't just ghost them. I just don't ignore them. I say, Hey, I totally get it. It's not on your plate this year, but it has been a while since we've connected. Let's oh, reconnect. Yeah. And so that way, whatever friendship isn't made to feel unauthentic because they know that I'm here to do business. And so I like I'm, that. I'm not going to like, You're I'm not gonna hide it. yeah, I'm not going to go to lunch with someone that like, we're not like, I don't like that. I wouldn't normally go to lunch with, gotcha. but I am going to propose business because that's our relationship. And that's, a value of what I add to the relationship, but that doesn't mean that I'm not their friend. And so I think, I don't think there's a wrong way to do it. And I, I think you're spot on with the timing. Whereas like, Hey, it, it can turn into a, a business three months, six months, three days, one day, but I know it never turns into business if you never ask for it. That's true. And so that's, that's where like, like you just ask for it. And like, I joke that high school prepared me really well for a, a life of sales because rejection happens all the time. So yeah. like you just ask for it. And if they say no, you don't change the nature of your relationship based on their answer. So if you were friends before, like keep it, keep it. If you weren't friends before, it's okay. You still ask your question. You'll ask them again. Like mm -hmm. they know you as a professional real estate agent. And so that's, that's a little bit of a different take on it. But no, I like it though. I, I, I think it's a good, again, I, we have a job. We're going to go into it wanting something from it, um, but there's nothing wrong with being upfront with it. But like you said, follow it up. Mm -hmm. if, if if it doesn't turn into a lead, I still want to. I care about you. I want to know how you're doing. Yeah. Um, so that's good. And I, and I I have kind of a big personality. Yeah. And so like it's it's, it's one of those it's, things. That it's because you wear cowboy boots. It's, it literally is. I was so boring before. <laughs> Never made a joke. It was weird. But um, so naturally, I think it's really like naturally easy for me to start off with a business question and then still have an authentic friendship okay. with someone, whether they want to do business with me or not. Yeah. And like, it's always there. They're always going to remember. And then my posts reflect like, Hey, he's doing business. Like that's, that's who he does. He's closes houses. Like they know without me having to tell them. Yeah. But when I ask them, how can I help them? They know that's what you're it. going towards. Is. Exactly. Do you guys do thank you cards or anything? Oh, yeah. quarterly? Actually, can I show them mine to you? Yeah. I, actually, I saw that. So, I give these because like gratitude is a really big thing for me because okay. I think like I also played lacrosse. I mentioned wrestling and I was part of a team and you can't win without a team in lacrosse. So I was like, okay, right. like you have to be part of a team. And so I have four business rules that I live by or four life rules that I live by. And on my thank you card is rule number four, which just says it'll probably be fine. <laughs> and the reason I love that one is because no matter how hard a transaction is, 
it'll probably be fine. Like there's a problem with water rights. There's a problem with an FHA, like whatever the problem is, like we'll figure it out. Like we just need to know what it is and we'll figure it out. And so it's kind of a joking one. And I often find myself saying this more almost daily than anything else when people think that there's a problem. But I give the thank you notes to the escrow officer, the escrow assistant, the lender, the other agent, um, really just anyone that was part of the inspector sometimes. Oh, cool. Um, so yeah, I'm a big, big fan of thank you notes. Yeah. I like thank you notes. Um, uh, and, and I've started that. That's one of the things that is one of my goals this year is to be more, um, consistent with thank you notes. I think we can all do little things and it is kind of false by the wayside, but yeah, that's one thing I'm definitely, I like the, the, uh, personalization that you put right. on that one. Though, yeah. Man. And then you got your little, your little logo on the back yeah. and a little quote. I need to do that. I just got generic ones that say thank you. And you know, I write something in there, yeah. but that's super cool. Yeah. I tell everyone to do it no matter what, like best finance, best professional advice I ever got it's was cheap. leave a thank you note. People love it. People keep them. Yeah. I keep all of mine from anyone. Austin, what do you do? Do you got any, you do thank you notes or what's I, your? I've, I've got thank you notes. I, I need to be better at them. So that's, that's definitely probably one of my goals this year is to, yeah. you know, start writing them out more. But I mean, I, I do try to go ahead and, and let everybody know who's involved in the transaction, just how much they meant to me. I mean, uh, I had, I had a crazy deal this last year and it was, it was, it almost, it caused so much stress. I mean, you got those deals that just keep you up at night, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, at the end of the transaction, you know, not only did I drop off, you know, a thank you note, but I went ahead and bought, um, just a small gift card for, for the escrow officer to go ahead and let her and her husband go out to eat in one That's of the nice. nicer restaurants here in Idaho Falls. You know, it was just, it meant a lot because she kicked butt. Yeah. So people don't understand. And I, I, I understand why people don't see this because they just see our face most of the time in the mm-hmm. transaction. There's a lot of people that go into a real estate transaction. You got your escrow officers, you got your title workers at that escrow office that are doing a ton of work. For example, for mine, I have a processor and a loan, a loan officer assistant, what we call an LOA. They do a ton, a ton mm-hmm. of work. And you guys have TCs, I guess, that here that kind of help with that process. But just in general, like they're background people, but they do a lot for us to be successful. So given that thank you, I give a lot of thank you cards to my referral base, uh, just checking in kind of basic um, information, but giving it to people that are on your back end um, of the actual operation side is a super, super good idea. Clever, to be honest, um, and keeps him, honestly, probably more willing to help you, Joe, mm-hmm. than, than someone else when crap and, goes south. Yeah. <laughs> and, and honestly, as a selfish note and something I'm super proud of, I've literally gotten three escrow officers, different escrow officers transactions from that, which is a very hard thing to do because they have every option and they don't want to offend other agents yeah. by, by using you. And so I think anything you can do to really, because if we're being honest, I think a lot of agents are hard on the affiliates. Yeah. I think, I don't know, I don't know if it's our egos or whatever, but like the worst escrow office in the world still closes more deals a year than probably the best agents. Very true. And so they know what they're doing yeah. and realistically like show support give credit where credit's due that's, that's so. a good so giving credit where credit is due but also taking um i wouldn't say blame but just understand that we're we are all humans mm-hmm. um, and that's one of my biggest um, things when i talk to realtors like i don't make mistakes quote unquote but when i do joe i'm gonna let you know you know we are where we are i gotta fix this but yep. this and i think that ownership sits better with you Every time. Then it would if I would have said, no, you know what? My processor screwed the heck up. Yep. That that wasn't the case. 
I mean, I, I see this file just as much as she does, and that's going to be my my screw up, right? So, yeah. and even the way I look at, it, like, then that's my first rule: is the truth is good enough. Mm-hmm. Is uh, every time the truth is always good enough, and so. Um, even if it was your processor's mistake, it's your processor, it's so it's your mistake. My mistake. Just like if, if I refer you out and your processor messed up, I don't say my lender messed up. I say, hey, I didn't get this done for you. Yeah. And just owning the whole transaction. Yeah. I, I've always felt that for what agents get paid, like it's all of our, our fault. Yeah. Like whether it's not, if it's not perfect, it's always the agent's fault. And then I think, I mean, but that, that gives helps. you moral in what you do. Like mm-hmm. it, your, your moral of how you do a transaction is higher because you know. There's no one else to blame except for you, yeah. right? So I, th- I think that's a good a good with, mindset to have. Yeah. With that being said, maybe in the office I'll talk to the guys oh, and be I'm like, "Oh my gosh, can you believe <laughs> these guys again?" But like cu- customer facing and overall ownership and accountability, it's all my fault. Yeah. But the the complaining side of me might share, right, we, we share need with friends. You need that shoulder, and that's when that teammate yeah. comes into play. So no, I, I I do it. I do the same thing. But I'm with you. I think if I'm talking to a customer, um, yeah, it's. I could have done. I could have done this better. Yep. I, could have, I, could have, I could have said this differently, or I could have gotten you lined up with a different uh, person, whatever it may be. But um, taking that and, and using that, I think, well, the truth always sits higher than than a cover up. So Every time. I like it, man. I like it. So um, real estate's changing. Um, NAR had their little hiccup. Uh, well, I guess they didn't have a hiccup, but they they put out some stuff that um, is kind of restricting. Uh, I don't know. I I know a little bit about it, so I'll let you guys go a little bit further. But what do you guys think about that new um, the lawsuit and how NAR and just uh, larger brokerages are addressing the buyer agent side and the concession, not the concession, but the um, the, the realtor um, the commission commission off of it? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> man, you know I I I've followed it here and there, and you know I I definitely need to be better about it, but. Um, from what it sounds like, you know, in those other states, it sounds like uh, the brokerages were not properly informing the sellers as to how the commission structure worked. Yeah. Um, I know here in Idaho, our contracts have been pretty extensive. I mean, every year they're coming out with new ones, and I'm sure that's the way, you know, across, across the nation. But, uh, I mean, in our contracts, they specifically state, you know, how the commission is going to go ahead and work. You know, if a cooperating brokerage, uh, you know, brings another buyer, if the commission is going to go ahead and get split. Yeah. And so, I mean... I believe Idaho would be safe, good, yeah. safe if if that were to come to us. Um, but I mean, it's a, I guess it's anyone's guess right now. But yeah, I Joe, just it, I, I, and it's not even the lawsuit and how you guys had to do your job. I just I want to understand what your thoughts are are on buyers and their concept of how this plays out. Because I I feel like uh, buyers and sellers. Um, it gets lost in the transaction sometimes, or can, that the seller technically, quote unquote, is paying for that commission. But I don't. I mean, I don't see it that way. The buyer is paying for the profits, or paying for the house, and part of that payment, mm-hmm. in my opinion, is still paying for some of those commissions that come out of a, a realtor. So I'm I'm always sharing like a one liner to try mm-hmm. to base what I think, and I think my one liner for that is that people never complain about the price when they can see the value. And so whether you're a buyer's agent or a listing agent, if you've communicated the value of what everyone is doing and what you're doing, then they won't question the commission. And so I feel like, I think Austin's absolutely right when it comes to paperwork wise and liabilities and protections, I think we're going to be fine. I know with my listing presentations, the way that I present the total commission, it removes objections before they're even objections. And there's not even a 
question of it. So I'll refer to it as commission. I'll refer to it as my marketing budget. I'll refer to it as incentivizing the other agents. I will talk about how like we want them to show our home. We want them to have access to their database, to access to their clients. That's the best way to net you the most money for your home is have the most number of buyers. And I go through a whole spiel with that. But as a buyer side, I think if you're communicating, you know, one of those pet peeves that I think a lot of agents have is where you'll see an agent say, oh, use me as a buyer's agent. It doesn't cost you anything. Yeah, I know. And so like it's I'm just like you're just doing them a disservice because once again, the truth is good enough when you say you want to use me and I do cost money and this is what you get. And so when you can paint a picture and you have the posture to express your value to them, it makes it so much easier to not worry about that. Like, obviously, they'll pay three more percent for a house by using you because you found them the house, you gave them the tools, you made the process easy, you removed stress from a stressful situation, whatever whatever your value is. Yeah, whatever you put on done it, it, that's what you get. Yeah, so um, let's transition that into buyer agents. Sure. Um, I do feel like a lot of buyers especially when they haven't done transactions, they feel like that sometimes a, a realtor is not needed on the buyer side. Sure. Um, what benefits do buyers get or gain from having a real estate agent um, representing them through that process? Right. Do you want to go first on that? We can go ping pong it? Ping pong it. Let's go. Mm. Dang, that's a... How about you go first? I've yeah. got a lot I've, brewing in my head right now. I'd love to go ahead and... I think the first one it. is you have someone taking the emotion out of it. I, I think, well, let me, let me, here's my little one liner for this. Mm-hmm. Some, some, some agents get paid a commission, other agents earn a commission. And so I think it depends on the buyer's agent. I think some clients would be just perfectly fine without their agent, depending on who their agent is. And so some of what I'm speaking of is a good agent is what they get when they have a good agent. Cause if you have a bad agent, like you're still the one finding the house on your own. Yeah. You're still the one negotiating the terms on your own. You're the one, you know, researching the market on your own. But if you have a good agent, you have someone that has access to the tools and the knowledge to help you be in the best position that you can. I feel like any good listing agent, any good buyer's agent will either save their client at least what they're getting paid in a commission. Like that's kind of my metric of a good agent. Oh, good. Okay. So like if you're the listing agent, if you're getting talked down, you know, $50,000, you know, Hey, like, did you really earn your commission on that one? So I think there's some give and take there, obviously, but I think the things that you add as a buyer's agent, the first one, and then we can ping pong if you want. I think the first one market knowledge. Okay. I think another one could be just overall experience when you know what the problems are with the house. Yeah. Um, I think a good agent is never more desperate to buy the house than you are. <laughs> and so I think that's a really big one, especially new agents when they're yeah, just like, this is my first deal or my only deal in four months. Like I need you to buy it. You now. really need to buy this house. Mm-hmm. Who cares if it's leaking like, or whatever. And so having, having that, but I have others, but what do you think? No, I mean, yeah, definitely having a buyer's agent, one that's knowledgeable and knows, knows the market and has been in the business for a minute. I mean, that's very valuable when you're a buyer. Um, I look back when I bought my house, okay, uh, the agent at the time, very new, didn't quite know what was going on. And to be honest, I don't know how that deal went through. <laughs> it was, it was ridiculous. When I was, when I was house shopping for some rentals, um, uh, before I was a real estate agent, I met, like I met with this agent and, um, every time we bought a rental or a property with him, I was just, and I'm going to tell you his name cause it's all almost laughable now, but I was just like, Oh my gosh, I could do this. Like, this is so easy. Why do I even need a realtor? Um, cause I didn't think that he was working for me. 
And the realtor was Dan Thomas, who is literally one of the hardest working real estate agents that I personally know. And I know that he could outwork me any day. He's on the top list most of the time. He's so so good. Like he's crazy and I love him, but like, but like, like I look up to him a lot, but that's what made me think I can do this. I could be a real estate agent. Um, Obviously it's a lot harder. There's a lot more to it, like to perform at a certain level. Like you got to have some, like all the stuff that you don't see. Yeah. And so I think respecting perspective is really important. Respecting perspective. And so like, obviously if someone thinks that they can do it without you, you haven't done a good job adding value. Okay. And so that's kind of my, my big part. I think another big part of it is just network. You know, having a buyer's agent has access to tools, access to MLS, access to IDX websites. I think there's legality that that they gain from having an agent that's representing them. So kind of same story. When I bought my first house, I didn't realize that they're, uh, and and I know this occurs and some realtors are good at it, but I didn't realize that I didn't, like I just saw the sign in the yard, called that realtor, and she represented me on this, the buyer side and the seller side. Mm-hmm. Um, and throughout the process, I won't, this was back in North Carolina, but like she did not represent me. Looking back, I'm like, I was not represented. I do know that some realtors can do this. Mm-hmm. Um but I also know that there's value that they have to have value in one part of that transaction, or I guess more or less, it's not gonna be a 50, 50 split in my opinion, or if it is, it's super hard to do so. But, um, I think as a buyer that you need to understand that there is a difference between you represent yourself or even, um, in my case where I was represented by the same party, um, it's a legal transaction. So consider a realtor quote unquote, I'm not, you guys aren't lawyers, but to me, it's like a representation in that transaction mm-hmm. that gives you what you had alluded to at the beginning is it takes that emotion as the buyer mm-hmm. and tells you as you as the realtor say, no, you know what, Brooks, this probably could be better if it was done this way, or you might get more money off the sale if you do it this way. So yeah. um, I think that's a smart way to look at it. So Yeah. And I think when, whenever I meet with a buyer, I try to do things a little bit differently. Like that's kind of what we talked about earlier. Like we want to have something to make them want to come back to you and use you. Yep, yep. And so one of the things I do for buyers to add value, because once again, we've talked about how I can be a little salesy is, and I'm all about someone making a decision. Um, General Patton said a violent plan executed now is better than you know a perfect plan executed later. So true. And so I always invite people like, hey, are, you know, are we making a decision on this one? We're eliminating houses fast and all that type of thing. And so when I meet with a buyer, I have something called a list it or love it, which means that if they don't love their house for the first year, I'll end up selling it for them for free. Oh, wow. And so that's me kind of putting my money where my mouth is and say, I don't care what house you're going to buy. I just want it to be the right one. And I'm going to, I have these steps to make sure that it is the right one for you. And that's the last safety net. So when I'm pushing you to make a decision or when you're pushing yourself, but you're just a little scared, I'm going to be using all of the things that you're saying to make that decision. Good. I like that. And so that's a good, that's just, just a little, like you got, you just once again, got to be different for your buyers and you got to protect them. Yep. And so... I like it. I like it. I think that's a, a good concept to have, especially like you just said, it's that last bit of safety net. And again, it turns into a sale point for mm-hmm. you. So um, one thing that I've really started using, um, and honestly, I'm not, not uh, I'm never shy to say that I do use it, but is AI. Yeah. Um, I do feel like it is, um, you either put it in your business now or your business is going to have it in there and you're not going to be ready for it, in my opinion. Um but again, I, I use it all the time. I use it to help with uh, reconstructing some of my Facebook posts. Um, I don't copy and paste, and I don't think anybody should because AI is not you personalized. 
But what are your thoughts? What do you guys think about AI? How do you think it's going to change the real estate world specifically? And if if you are using it, uh, what ways does it benefit your task on a daily basis? Well, for me, I mean, uh, AI has actually been pretty helpful when it comes to just social media. Yeah. Um, I remember I, uh, beginning of this year, I mean, I, I got on, I need to go ahead and, and do a little bit better with social media posts and figuring out what do I post? What do I come up with? And so, you know, go ahead and, and so chat GBT, for instance, yep. you know, go ahead and kind of ask, you know, what are some, some, uh, top rated, uh, real estate trends going on right now? And it's just, okay, it's, it's coming up with home improvement. It's coming up with, with uh, home building or, or how to go ahead and ace your photography, you know, so yeah. on and so forth. And it's just, it's, you, again, you don't want to take it word for word, but you definitely do want to go ahead and, and kind of go off of that. It'll give you kind of a starting point. Yeah. So you can build, um, so I use chat GTP too. Mm-hmm. Um, you can build it. Um, I think they call it, um, gosh, now I'm going blank on that one, but they, they, it's a word, but you pretty much give it a scenario of who you are, mm-hmm. what you want, how you can even put an essay of how you, what you wrote in there and say, Hey, I want every writing that you do from this point forward to mimic this style of writing. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, uh, and that's what I did with mine. Um, but you give it those things ahead of time so that it knows that I'm a, a mortgage loan officer. I'm probably not the best with words on social media. Here's how I normally talk rewrite what I just wrote, but make words that entice social media to, to get my likes, to get my, my C's and, and, and like that. I think it works perfectly. And again, I, you always need to change it. You need to make sure that data you're putting out there is legit and correct because mm-hmm. it is a computer and it's pulling Wikipedia and Google and everything together. So make sure what you're putting out there is going to be legit, but I, I use it. I love it. Joe, how do you do, bud? I think my, my most interactive part of AI at all is in one section. And I'm a big believer to like, when you're at a certain point in your business, stop doing the stuff you don't like to do. Tedious work. And I hate typing listing descriptions. Okay. My least favorite part of my job. Um, so I just basically put it in and chat GPT types it out and it, I tweak it and then we get to go on it. And so that is, that's what I use that for. Nice. So. When you guys make um, listing descriptions, do you get the buyer's input at all when mm-hmm. you put those in? Okay. Yeah. So they, I actually, I get the buyers and then I have another person look I'm over sorry, the picture. The, seller, the, the seller, sellers, yeah. yeah. But yeah. So I get the sellers and then I get another agent to kind of look over the pictures good. as well and see if there's stuff that I'm missing. Yeah. And then. I think it's good because, I mean, I, we're, we can be tunnel visioned in a lot of things that we do. Well, this worked for the past one. I won't do it again, but that's not always going to be the case. I think yeah. having that outside vision another realtor specifically the um, seller of the property kind of give their little tidbit. I think that helps. Um, Joe or Austin, do you use it for any of your daily tasks as well? Uh, yeah. I mean, same thing kind of with Joe is like listing descriptions and, and stuff like that. But, um, I also like, uh, Zapier, Zapier. You ever heard of that? Is that the, um, picture? It's, it's no. not AI, but it, it's, it's more of like, automating those tasks and everything like that. So say for instance, you know, um, I had, um, text message set up on it to where, you know, somebody goes ahead and, and submits a, a request to go ahead and oh, you okay, know, take a look you. at a property. Zapier will go ahead and in- immediately send a text message to them and just say, Hey, you know, I saw you're looking at this property. What, what information would you like to know about it? Gotcha. And it's just sending that one text message and then it goes ahead and gets sent to my phone. I can go ahead and, and actually interact with them right then and there. So, I mean, the second lead signs up, boom, happens, comes to yeah. me. You just get and instant so, contact. So yeah. you're not, they're not waiting. They're not waiting, <clears throat> you know. 
Yeah. And just it works. Zapier's pretty cool. I, I like, like it. And now, um, so PMR, the the mortgage company I work for, we have an internal um, AI bot that we use, and I'm super. Um, I love it. I use it just about all the time mm-hmm. on any deal that I do, especially FHA deals. Um, regulations are not fun things to read. <laughs> um, and most, I can I can pretty much spat off something if I know it's not going to be legit in a file or if, hey, we need to fix this. Because you know your, your top things that are going to make a file mess up. But I don't know everything. Um, and I sure as heck will not own that. <laughs> like, I, I just don't, I, I can go in there, but what I'm getting at is I can go in there and, and ask it a question about that reg. And our company has built it to where it has read all of those regs. Mm-hmm. And I can say, hey, um, if this trailer or mobile home is sitting here and has, uh, for example, I'll, I'll use an example I just had to go through, but um, it was a deal that I was doing for someone in North Carolina. It was a manufactured home. Um, and in North Carolina, we have a lot of floodplains. So um, a portion of that house was in a floodplain. But the portion that was in the house was an office that was uh, like it was a build on. It had its own foundation. It had everything that was um, its own thing. Um, so I would have assumed that that didn't consider or that shouldn't have been considered as the primary property. Um, however, in rigs, it doesn't matter if, if there is one nail connecting the two buildings together. That's all it takes. Mm-hmm. So that house was not an option for that FHA buyer because that portion yeah. of the house was under um, floodplains. Flood yeah. So it sucks. But had um, you, you, we can use this information to better um, assist our um, buyers, in my case, um, with an instant response instead of, hey, give me a day. I got to read all this stuff. I got to find it and let you know. I'll come back to you. Yeah. I was instantly able to give him a response and say, this probably not going to be the property that we want to look at. So. Um, I, I think it's I think it's a good tool. I highly recommend anybody. So as a new agent, um, would you recommend people to do that as well? I mean, yeah, I think yeah. as a new agent, um, you got to start building your toolbox, and I think AI can be a huge asset to that. And my advice there is find a mentor that's using it. Yeah, that you like what they do, and then just kind of copy what they're doing. Yeah, I think. And look, there's nothing wrong with copycatting. Mm-hmm. Put your own little your own little spice on it. But yeah, there's nothing wrong with copycatting. We we. That's the good thing about social media, in my opinion. It gives you a tool to see what works. Yep. Um, and just use it. Use it to your advantage. There's a guy that I follow. Um, he is a he's a producing LO, but he's also a mortgage coach um, out of out of Florida. His name's Justin, but he puts contact out or content out all the time for LOs such as myself. Just That's to great. say, hey, this is what's worked for me. You should try it for free. He doesn't. Mm-hmm. He doesn't hide it. He doesn't say, "I'm I'm keeping this little niche and saying this is mine." Um, I don't want anybody else to try it. No, he said, "This these are the things that worked for me. Try yeah. them out and see if they work for you." So I think it's good. Um, I think we are in an ever changing uh, market, and I think that's really going to come true in 2024. I don't think um, 2024 is going to be anything like 2023 was. What's your What's your goals for 2024, and what are you doing? Um, if you feel that they're going to be a shift in how you should market, how you should do your business, what, what, are, what are those things that you're using? Um, that's a great question. I, I had set, I have lots of goals. Yeah. I have some written on that board behind you, but um, for that particular goal, as far as making 2024 20, different, I think a lot of my goals are activity-based. Okay. And so a lot of it is going back to the basics. I don't feel like anyone that says that they only build their business one way I don't think that's realistic, yeah. at least not for me. And so I need to increase 
the ways that I'm building business, which is why social media is going to become part of it okay. a little bit. I haven't done that in a long time. Most of my business doesn't come from social media, but that's been a goal. Um, more open houses. Um, one of my big biggest goals that I'm most excited about is increasing my average sales price, whether it's listing or buyers, because I feel like that's something that I can control based on where I'm spending my time. And so I want to increase it to about 400, okay. whereas, whereas it's been much lower in the past based on a lot of first-time home buyers and things like that. And so I'm doing that by targeting more ex expensive for sale by owners, which will in turn attract more buyers once I list them. Um, so I feel like that's going to be a pretty good lever yeah. in my next year's business is do focusing you, on that goal. Do you think 2024 is going to be a productive um, year? Not just for you, Joe, but like, what, what, is your, what are your feelings on how 2024 is going to look for the real estate market? I think it's going to be a, a much better year for a lot of real estate agents than 2023 was. I think 2023 was very hard for a yeah. lot of agents. I think a lot of agents find a little bit of success when they start based on who's in their sphere and yeah. they're excited and then they kind of get comfortable because they've now made more money than they ever have before. And then they don't know what to do next. They can't keep it going. And then especially those that got in when it was easy, when it was easy now they don't know what to do. Yeah. And so 23 was that, that learning curve of who's going to stay and all of that. And I think 2024, um, those of us that are still here have picked some things that work and are going to try them as well as I think all of us who made it through last year have a little bit of a thicker skin. Yeah. Um, so we're just going to keep going. And I almost feel funny. You know, there's all those agents that were here when they were, you know, 2007, 2008, and they're like, oh, that was nothing. Um, but there's very few of them even around anyway. Yeah. And so it's, it's a big filter year for sure. I, I mean, I'll, I'll be the first to admit 2023, like I told you at the beginning, I felt like that was year one for me because I came in in 20, well, late 2019 and really got my first deal in early 2020. And honestly, it was easy. Um, it was a refi boom. I was, but I'm glad I did it that way because I learned mm -hmm. how to do mortgages in a time that it was easy to get them. But like I said, 2023 was an eye opener. Um, I'm again, I like to talk. I like to have conversations with people. I felt like I was out marketing myself, but it's a different game. So I uh, completely agree with you. I think 2024 is going to be a better year, but I only think that it's going to be a better year for those realtors and those uh, mortgage lenders that dug their heels in the ground last year. And I said, agree with this that. Is, this is what I had to do to get here. And now I know I know what ugly looks like, but I also know what it takes to stay productive. Yep. Awesome. Um, what do you uh, What do you think? Do you think twenty twenty four is going to be a better year, um, just as a whole in real estate, uh, and then also specifically for you? I think at the end of the day, it's going to go ahead and depend on you know how hard you work. Yeah. I mean, sales is you wake up every day unemployed. Yep. So, and just like Joe said, you know, twenty twenty three was a hard year. And my, my hard year was 2022. And yeah. so I did better in, in 23 than 22. And yet last year was harder. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, the ones that are here, it's, it's not a guarantee that they're going to be here at the end of the year, unfortunately. Right. So, uh, but I do believe just kind of the outlook on everything. I do believe interest rates are going to go ahead and come down to yep. a positive yep. uh, point. Um, don't, I don't look at this week though. Okay. No, no, yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, 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 but no, I mean, it, it's going to happen slowly. Honestly, um, I want it to happen slowly. It needs to. Yes. It needs to because if, if it if it if they drop drastically, we're going to be in another buyer boom and be another buyer boom. Prices are going to skyrocket again. Yeah. It's it's going to be bad. They need to come down slow. Um, you know, I I've been telling anybody that I talk to, 
if if they want to buy a house, if they want to sell a house right now from January until I'm going to go ahead and push it out to May. Some people are saying April. That's April, yeah. But yeah. Um, You know, I'm going to say from from January to May right now is the best time to buy a house. You're going to get, you're going to get a, a, what, what are rates at right now? Six and mid sixes, yeah. Mid sixes, okay. And then home prices, I mean, they've, they've come down. Yep. A lot. Um, and so, I mean, you're going to be able to get into a house for a decent price and then a manageable rate. Ma- yep. Manageable rate. If you can make the payment now, you're going to be loving it here in a couple months. Right. Once rates drop, go ahead and refinance, you know, cause when, when r- rates drop, prices are going to go up. Yep. So, so I think it's a valid point and, um, something that I, I, I as well, I, and I use it as a sell tactic, but I also use it for like truthness. I'm like, I'm like, I'm serious. If, if you want to, if you're in the market to buy now, but you want to play the game of waiting on the rate, you're not going to gain anything of it because like you said, when that happens, you're going to have competing offers. Appreciation values are already going to go up because we're still in a reduced, um, market. Like we don't have enough houses on the market. Um, so yeah, you can always refinance. It might cost you a thousand, two thousand dollars to get that refinance done. But what's that con- in comparison to a 10, 15, even $20,000 appreciation value increase. So mm-hmm. yeah, highly, highly recommend if, if you're in the, on the fence of, of finding a house, like you said, and I, I think May's a, a good date, but I honestly think April is going to be, um, something that's going to be, it's going to be a month that's probably going to be that change. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't want to call the date like they did last year. What was it, May 10th, that they said everything's going to change in May 10th? And that just whew, that skyrocketed and blew everything up. But it didn't happen. Um, so I don't, I don't want to call that date. But I do think that timeline, that area of the year will be our, our really big sign as to what we feel like the rest of the year is going to look like. So, yeah, all right, guys. So um, last thing, just one more tidbit um, for an agent that's looking – well, so we'll, we'll go this way because you said there's a difference between someone coming into, into real estate and someone that's been in and just kind of new at it. So we'll, we'll start with the new agent, excuse me, an agent that's already been in it, but just needing skills to increase their business, Joe. Um, and Austin, you can think about it, but what's one tip that you would give them um, today to say, hey, this is probably, this will help your business? Um, consistency. I think if you're, if you're in the business right now and you're not where you want to be, just remember that you're going to keep getting what you're getting if you keep doing what you're doing. And so you have to be consistent with income producing activities. So just spend time, be consistent, be intentional and measure the activity. That's what I was going to say too. Measuring what you're doing Mm -hmm. is probably a a big tip. And that's, that's what uh, I started doing at the end of the year, but just writing it down. I I like tangible things. So I'll get to you all. So I'm sorry, but I love tangible things. And sometimes a phone is not tangible enough for me. Yep. Um, so actually, I got a, a. I use like a bullet journal per se. I don't use it like full fledged bullet journaling, but I use it for my task. Mm-hmm. And I see how consistent I am at meeting each of the tasks that I put in front of me each day. So yeah, good, 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 uh, good piece of advice, Joe. What you got, Austin? Well, I think I'm going to go ahead and throw in uh, my first quote here, since Joe's kind of yeah, on man. My he's quote hit, he's four hit him five. up. So. <laughs> So um, you're welcome. something that I always kind of remember, it's, it's a quote and it just says, you know, you control your, your, you control your tomorrow by what you do today. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's so true. And in, uh, our, in our game. Yeah. I mean, if, if you're going to go ahead and sit on your butt today and watch Netflix and, you know, eat chips, whatever, you're not going to have any business tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. Um, so one thing though, that I would, I would recommend to somebody first getting into the business is find somebody that can find or hold you accountable. Even if it costs a tiny bit of your your commission, I think it's so. I, I feel like true. it almost 
has to. It doesn't have to be a drastic Yeah, because when amount. you put a price to something, you're more likely to hold yeah. hold a little bit stronger to it. I mean, there, there's those free coaches out there, and don't get me wrong, they're great. Mm-hmm. And some people, you know... Learn what they need to learn in them. Learn what they need to learn, can hold themselves accountable, but and they've got that, that help along the way. But find somebody that can hold yourself accountable. Joe holds me accountable. I hold him accountable, you know, and, uh, it's kind of hard not to when you're sitting five Mm -hmm. feet away from each other. Yeah. So, but yeah, I think that's both of those advices, um, to anybody getting in industry and that industry can be uh, a real estate agent, uh, an an LO like myself. Those are very, you get what you put in it. And honestly, in our industry, I think it's a common flaw or I wouldn't call it a flaw, but it's something that we do I will raise my hand and say I was one of those ones at the beginning. Um, you do a ton of work at the beginning. You start seeing that activity coming from that work, and you say, oh, I'm going to sit back a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take it in. And guess what? It, it might not happen the next month, but 90, for sure 90 days from now, you're going to be dry. Yeah. It's gonna, you're going to be like, oh, crap, I just screwed up. And it's that roller coaster ride of, of sales and understanding that you've got to keep the gas on what you see value in and what you see working. Otherwise, it's just going to, you're going to, like I said, you're going to play that roller coaster game where you're going to have great months and you're going to have some hungry months. <laughs> so, um, all right. So I cannot thank either one of you enough uh, for coming on today, giving that advice so that um, anybody looking into getting to, into our industry um, can just feel comfortable and understand that, hey, there's it's, it's a hard game, but it's a rewarding game, in my opinion. And it takes self, um, self-driven people to make it work. Um, so your advice was valuable. Thank you guys for both. But I would love to end with just each of you telling the listeners how they can how they can find you if they have any kind of real estate needs. So Joe, we'll go with you first. Um, well, obviously you can you can call me. My number is two zero eight two zero one two five nine eight. If you want to see Dexter and <laughs> some other funny TikToks on real estate and uh, my past declining mental health, there's some good videos on TikTok there. Um, I think it's um, Realtor Joe two zero eight. Um, also on Instagram or Facebook, just Sweet. type in Joe Kohler or Realtor Joe 208. Nice. Yeah. Austin, what you got, buddy? Likewise, you can call, text me anytime, 208 715 Uh You can also find me on TikTok at aclark430. Um, and then Facebook, Austin Clark, Home Smart Premier Realty. So happy to help anybody else. Appreciate it. Guys, you guys got to hear um, from some of the best realtors in our area. So take this, take this advice and use it if you're looking at getting into this industry. Um, But also if you're looking at buying or um, selling a house, call these guys, give them a chance. But thank you. Talk to you next week. Thanks everybody. Thank y'all.